0: This week's episode of the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge is brought to you by Blue Sky, a new service from the Pittsburgh International Airport. Visit blueskypit.com and subscribe to get weekly headlines on airport and aviation news, trends, and ideas. That's blueskypit.com. Hi, and welcome to the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge. I'm your host, Editor Maduni Christian. I'm here with uh, Peter Ingram, the CEO of Hawaiian Airlines at the Boyd Group's International Aviation Forecast Summit in Las Vegas. So Peter, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. My pleasure. Good to be here. So you've been CEO now with Hawaiian since 2018, correct? Yeah, but for you, about a year and a half. But you've been with the company since 2005. Is that's that right? that's
1: correct. I've been with Hawaiian for close to 14 years now.
0: All right. So I'm going to throw you a softball to begin with. Tell us about... Uh, Sort of the first year as CEO, and what your what your vision is in the next couple of years for the airline, and how how it'll you think change
1: will be affected under your leadership. Sure. So um, you know, I've been with Hawaiian as we said for 14 years. I've been uh, in the airline industry for 25 years. If there's one thing I know for sure is that things are going to change and continue to evolve, and I, and I think. Um, like any business, um, we've got to make sure that that we're evolving and adapting to changes in the competitive environment, changes in the marketplace, changes in the needs of our guests, some of which um, some of which we can't predict right now. Uh, our Our focus is is really in a couple of areas. One is around making sure we've got um, all the products um, that are, Uh, valued by our guests and that we're positioning ourselves with um, with different experiences ranging from our premium cabin um, to main cabin basic which we're planning on rolling out later this year Uh, we're we're working on an effort that we refer to as making travel effortless um, which we know the day of travel experiences in many cases Um, not effortless and we want to make sure that that we keep that aspiration as in mind as we improve those aspects of our service outside the aircraft um, where sometimes um, travel is more difficult for our guests and so um, a lot of things going on on that front for us Um, we're also focused on our cost competitiveness uh, over the, the last few years, our improvements overall as a business have been um, heavily oriented around improving our, our revenue performance, and that's great. But we also have to make sure that to be the carrier of choice, we've got to make sure we can deliver um, great service and great products at a, a price um, that our guests find value in, and that means making sure we, um, we're we doing everything we can around uh, cost efficiency and then finally, it's about building a foundation for the future, investing in uh, in technology and facilities that, that allows us to scale the business as we grow in the years ahead.
0: Great, I wanted to talk about Main Cabin Basic, which you're rolling out later this year, as you said. Um, one thing, um, so it kind of strikes me that you've got four sort of, your, your roots could be lumped into four buckets, right? So Inner Island, uh, U.S. West Coast, U.S. East Coast, and, um, and international will main cabin basic be across all those different subnetworks, or
1: so for um, in the initial rollout, main cabin basic is um, is going to be on our um, U.S. mainland flights mm-hmm. only. So it will will, will roll it out. Um, route by route at first, um, starting uh, on the, the, in the western U.S. Uh, flights, but we, we will have it on our um, uh, East Coast flights as well. And and really that's, that's reflecting the fact, one, we want to have a measured rollout. Two, um, we, um, that's where we're seeing more of the, um, have seen more of the evolution in the competitive space around these um, sorts of products in recent years down the road um that doesn't mean we we won't won't roll it out elsewhere but uh but initially it's going to be in the in the domestic um u.s mainland to hawaii route network
0: i'm glad you brought up competition i mean it, uh you, you you just finished giving a presentation here at the um at the summit and um i'm sure everyone has asked you about southwest and and, incre- and indeed you know the um, Uh, united alaska southwest american are, are all adding a lot of capacity to to hawaii um how how do you think hawaii hawaiian is positioned to uh to what what in other words what differentiates and why do you think how do you think you can compete in this increasingly crowded field
1: yeah so um one thing that that I would point out is that competition is absolutely not something um, new to us. Um, we We compete and have competed for many, many years with um, some of the largest carriers in the world, the largest carrier in the world today in, in American, but delta united Alaska's been uh, in the Hawaiian uh, market for over a decade now. Um, internationally, you know, the, the likes of, of ANA and Qantas. So it, it's not like um, this is the first time that, that Hawaiian has ever had to um, compete. Um, what, what we do is um, to compete with all of those carriers, and this will apply to, um, to the new entrant in the market as well, is really focus on what we're doing, focus on taking care of our guests. And um, one of the advantages we have, frankly, is um, that we fly, all of our flying is to, from, and within the Hawaiian Islands. And as a result, we can orient everything we do in terms of how we, how we design our product, how we select our airplanes, how we equip our airplanes, how we train our crews. Everything is around the needs of serving those people who are traveling to, from, and within the Hawaiian Islands. And so that, that focus uh, allows us to really make very deliberate choices about what we're doing that is um, that is not sort of averaged over a broader network serving different needs and different purposes
0: well you you know you did mention inner island Um, southwest has limited inner island service now um, but you haven't had really
1: a competitor since go and aloha Um,
0: moved on right
1: so um we, we've we've had an evolution in the the time I've been with Hawaiian. Um, up until 2008, we had competed with Aloha for about um, 60 years, mm-hmm. and there were uh, there were a couple of occasions in that 60 year period where there was a third carrier uh, in the market. Um, in 2006, um, Go, which was uh, a, a I don't know if it was officially a subsidiary or it was a part of, uh, of MESA, uh, entered uh, the competitive fray. Uh, Aloha um, went, uh, went out of business in 2008. So after a couple of years of that competition at a time when the global economy was in a lot of trouble and oil prices were going to $140 a barrel, there was a lot going on in the world then. Um, Go uh, eventually left the market as well, um, Island Air um, uh, expanded with Q400s at, mm-hmm. at one point. Um, there was um, there was another point where Mokulele, mm-hmm. uh had acquired some larger regional jets and competed in the market. So, so we have seen this uh, this evolution um, through it all. Hawaiian has been the constant. Uh, in November, on November 11th this year, we'll we'll celebrate um, 90 years of being the constant serving in the um, the neighbor island space. And um, we've we've got a pretty good formula for it. We've got a great schedule. We've got terrific uh, airplanes. Uh, we've we've built a network of. Interline agreements and co-chair agreements to serve the connecting needs of of other people um, flying into Hawaii who who have need to access inter-island connections. So, all of those things position us to uh, to keep doing this and keep succeeding at that for another ninety years and beyond. Before we get to fleet, I had a
0: question about, um, and this is Jermaine for Airline Weekly. Um, you know, there's all we we talked about all the capacity coming from the mainland um A will start flying or has started flying three eighties to Yeah they Hawaii. have started um, you're expanding in Haneda and we'll be adding Fukuoka. So that's a lot of people coming to Hawaii. Has your airport has the state's airport any of the hospitality infrastructure kept up with this growth and is do you foresee sort of this being a choke point for further growth in you're not just Hawaiian, but uh, for airlines going forward. So
1: l- let me let me take on the sort of two pieces of that separately. First, talk about the the airport infrastructure, and and I think um, the short answer is um, n- no. Candidly, it hasn't um, kept pace, and and it's not that um, that there are constraints on. Um, on adding service based on um, on airport gate availability right now, although it is tight at certain times of day, particularly here in in August, where we have um, you know a peak period for Japanese travel and coinciding with a peak period for uh, for North America travel. Uh, but but really, there is there is sufficient. Um, Capacity, but we, the infrastructure has been underinvested in. So things like um, the baggage systems at the airport to um, to support um, the um, the checkpoints for um, for people to get through um, TSA. A, a lot of those areas are, are in need of investment and rejuvenation, and we've got some plans to do that. There is some. Um, modernization work going on there's a a new concourse that's going to add six um, six wide body gates or 11 narrow body gates depending on how they are used that will provide some um, some extra gate availability which will be helpful at the the peak time of day Um, but there's still more that needs to be done uh, both by carrier investments, which we're embarking on, uh, and, and also by investments from the State Department of Transportation, which manages the um, the airport system. Uh, in terms of, of the sort of broader tourism infrastructure in the state, uh, it is an area that is uh, increasingly being discussed uh, as we have grown from You know, 7 million to 8 million to 9 million and now close to 10 million um, visitors over the last couple of years in the time that um, that I've been in Hawaii and um, and we really haven't seen hotel room um, growth that has um, has kept pace with that. We have seen other forms of accommodation like um, like timeshares um, grow and become a, a bigger piece of the puzzle. Uh, But it is uh, it is something that is raising a debate around um, sustainability in the community as, um, you know, some of the uh, the sites that visitors go to have evolved over time as people have, you know, access to ideas about different beaches and different hiking trails because. Uh, all of this information is available at the uh, at the the click of a finger on a uh, on a phone yeah. these days, and everyone's looking for that um, that Instagram picture of the the space that no one has been there b- before, where in <laughs> fact everyone is uh, is going now. So um, so th- that raises an interesting discussion in our community about. Um, sustainability, whether it 's environmental or cultural, which is very important, uh, but also economic sustainability because um, because our economy is dependent on um, on tourism and on visitors to as the the engine of the Hawaii economy, and so how we keep sustainability in all three of those aspects. Um, in harmony is something we're we're interested in engaging with with others in the Hawaiian community and make sure we're taking care of of all of those things.
0: Um, you do you know to just touch on something with uh, the economy. Um, I think at this conference a few years ago, um, Mike Boyd, the who organizes this conference, um, said that uh, China roots would be a gold mine for Hawaiian. Um, that didn't turn out to be the case. But do you see yourself going back in, or do you see Hawaiian going back into China? as that market matures or is the tourism market matures there?
1: I I, I think, you know, as you know, um, we, from 2014 to 2018, we served Beijing um, mm-hmm. three times a week. We stopped um, flying from Beijing in October of last year. And, and the route um, had not developed uh in line with what it needed to to be um, successful it was always a business case that required um growth and for for a couple of reasons that that growth after an initial surge when non-stop service was introduced um hasn't carried forward um, i don't think that changes the fact um that china is going to be an important source of visitors uh in the future um the the Question is, um, when in the future will um, will nonstop um, service be economically viable for airlines? And and we made the assessment um, that 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 future is still um, far enough away that that we should uh, exit the market, um, cut our losses uh, in the near term, and think about a time when um, when. China outbound um, travel to the United States and to Hawaii in particular is stronger. Uh, I can't predict if that's going to be, you know, two years or five years or 10 years, but it is, it is undeniable that, that China is going to be an, an incredibly important um, market globally. And I think it'll be a, a place um, that has a, a strong affinity for Hawaii as so many other uh, origin points have. Hmm.
0: All right, so rumor has it that you have a... Uh, <laughs> I just found this out yesterday. So I was kind of um, wanted to ask you about it. A uh, a cargo ATR? Is that right? The um, we
1: do. We have Is it uh, a
0: combi or is it a is it an actual car freighter?
1: Um, no, we, we have we have uh, three uh, ATR 72s configured in uh, in cargo configuration right now. We use them to um, through our Oh, Ohana by Hawaiian mm-hmm. uh, affiliate, which is, is actually um, uh, a capacity purchase arrangement with Empire Airlines, mm-hmm. uh, who are based in Corralen, Idaho. So Empire is the the operator. We we are the the marketer of the service, and we fly um, cargo um, within uh, the the islands of the state. So today it's between Honolulu and and Hilo and Honolulu and um, it's Hilo and Lahue that we, we fly to today. Eventually, we we intend to add service between Honolulu and, and Maui, and also Honolulu and uh, uh, Kona. Okay, and um, 717s, They're not your. Um,
0: is that aircraft still working out for you? Or is there plans to replace them?
1: we 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 don't have any immediate plans to re- replace the 717s it's a a terrific airplane for the mission we fly and and y- you know there was a time um about a decade ago when i i felt like the i was the only defender of the 717 <laughs> in uh, on the on the planet because it was you know, you an, a, be. an airplane that was well I, I I think actually there's some folks at Delta who are pretty fond that's, of, that's of, true, of, yeah. of that airplane <laughs> some uh, folks
0: at Delta <laughs> um, the
1: the the seven one seven um, was is ideal for flying um, high frequency shorter haul. Um, routes. And um, the interesting thing about a lot of narrow body routes these days is there aren't as many short-haul ones anymore. Uh, But we've got Um, We've got over 6 million passengers a year flying on routes that are between 100 miles and about 250 miles, and there's no surface transportation options. And so um, the ability to have a durable airplane, and and, um, McDonnell Douglas, who um, designed that airplane before being sold to Boeing, was always noted for durable airplanes that were engineered well for putting a lot of cycles on, uh, have you know, really designed an airplane that is ideal for what we do. It's a, it's the right size for what we do. People sometimes say, "Why don't you get a, a turboprop uh, to um, to fly those distances?" and and our answer is because between Honolulu and Maui, we're flying. Um, you know, sometimes around 30 round trips on a day with a 128 seat airplane. We don't really need more frequency um, with with a 70 seat airplane. What we we need is uh, is an airplane that is in that size um, that that we have it today. And and the 717's been really good. Eventually, um, we will need to. Think about a replacement, but I think that's still a few years away before we, we start zeroing in on what that'll be. Right,
0: And you um, you recently started taking delivery of your 321 NIAs, right? And by next year, you'll have all 18 in your order?
1: Yeah, that's that's correct. We've got 13 um, in the fleet right now. We, we took the first one right at the tail end of 2017, so we've been actively adding those airplanes over the last um couple of years helping us um, build out our uh, west coast to hawaii network and particularly building up our direct service into um, maui as we use maui as a uh, a second hub um, to our honolulu home did the um, the when airbus
0: announced in paris this year the uh, the development of the 321 neo xlr yeah I might have the various letters backwards but um is uh, is that an aircraft that that has a, a, a case for you
1: Yeah it, it it's something we're we're going to take a look at um the so our airplanes today are 321 um neo we don't have the lr which mm-hmm. was the um the next uh version uh and I I believe those are some of the airplanes that um, the JetBlue, for example, will be taking for their um, for their uh, over the Atlantic mm-hmm. services, um, the the LR uh, in terms of additional market opportunities that would open up didn't um, didn't offer a, a enough um, new uh, new opportunities from. Hawaii to um, to make sense for us to wait for that version relative to the um, the core um, neo airplane the XLR has got a little bit more range and so we haven't completed our analysis yet but there may be uh, a case for that in the future we'd like to really think about does it does the additional range um, bring some other things into the into the frame that are are worth um, having a, a Sort of different derivative uh, in addition in our fleet. All right, now forgive me if I'm uh, if
0: I if this question's already been answered before, but the uh, the three thirty the seven eight seven nines, right, that you've ordered, will those uh, supplement or replace the three thirty fleet?
1: Um, the the answer is yes okay <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, it's a little bit of both okay. um, you know we we, we intend to um, keep flying the three thirty two hundreds, which has been a great airplane for us today we've got 24 uh, in the fleet all of those have been added um, since uh, 2010 so it's 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 relatively we're still v- relatively young uh, aircraft um, and we'll will, keep those airplanes um we have well, over time we've got an order for 10 um 10 uh dash nines is our, our firm order we've got some purchase rights in addition to that and i think we'll make decisions over time about whether those are going to be replacement or growth and and eventually it'll be a, a little bit of of both but i i think for the the Um, you know, next decade or so, we're going to operate both of those airplanes.
0: All right. Well, Peter, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us this week.
1: And um, I uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh, Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Aloha.